Hi there. So in today's episode, we are talking with the lovely Joe Grace about nervous system regulation. It's become really clear to me over the time that I've been working with people's minds that the mind has a huge influence on the body and vice versa. We can really use our bodies and our systems to help calm our mind. And there are various tools and techniques that I've found really help clients to just get in their calm zone and start to calm down their fight or flight system. And today Joe is going to share with us loads more uh, from her point of view as somebody who works all the time on the physiological level, helping people regulate their emotions, traumas and experience basically through the body. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. Grab yourself a, a nice cup of tea or a glass of water, or wine, or whatever it might be, and settle in for half an hour or so of listening to us chatting all about bodies and brains, and how we can harness the relationship between the two to help us in our businesses and our daily lives, and to live life to the fullest. Enjoy. So I've got the lovely Jo Grace with me today, and she's going to talk to us about um, basically our physiology, and how we can make that work better with our mind. So uh, fire away Joe. just tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got here and I think you'll explain it far more articulately than me so I shall let you do that. That's because it's about me so I can talk about me for ages. Hi, I love that. <laughs> yes, it, yes, I'm with the physiology and how it connects to our minds which is essentially yeah, the passion that I'm really working with at the moment. Uh, my background was, um, my background is a trauma psychotherapist and focusing on the mind a lot. And I became fascinated by actually what was underpinning a lot of the stories and the events and the experiences people were having. And when I learned about the nervous system and particularly something called the polyvagal theory, which many might have heard of now, uh, certainly the vagus nerve stuff seems to be out and about everywhere. Um, it, get, it was like a huge, huge missing piece for me of understanding that actually we are our biology fundamentally mm-hmm. and the biology influences then what our brains are stories that we come up with the experiences we have so um it was a, a big step for me in terms of supporting clients in a different way mm-hmm. coming more into their bodies coming more into actually understanding what was going on in their autonomic nervous system understanding how they could actually then affect change that wasn't necessarily all about just talking and talking and talking about what would happen to them mm-hmm. and i really think there's a place for that talking you know i know you're a therapist too and there's definitely a place for people to share the story the events that happened to them but there is also there can be a place where that can get really stuck and actually be traumatizing so my of course i want to support people to to come into their true self in the least um chaotic traumatizing way possible and this this feels this this awareness around how the body works and particularly our autonomic nervous system feels a really beautiful way that people can connect with as well as yeah. the story yeah i love that because um i think i've put up a, a post on facebook maybe it was even yesterday just talking about how when we're constantly thinking about our thinking and constantly trying to analyze what we're thinking and why we're thinking certain things as you say it can totally re-traumatize us and it can get us stuck in this kind of place where we're just never switching off from it at all and so approaching it in a in a different way um is wonderful and like a lot of the work I do with clients is not thinking about what's happened to them but moving forward from that and it's it's so nice to have a an approach that's just like switch it off altogether forget about the the thoughts and influence them from from the ground up as it were 
in mindset work the work that you you specifically do is it's like the magic tool that we have as humans isn't it the ability to move into this prefrontal cortex it's so huge for us so like you know in in humans it's a third of our brain is the prefrontal cortex whereas like cats have three percent you know in there so so when we think about it in that context we've got this capacity to imagine anything and to be and I think it I'm all just have to take a moment to think of like I mean I'm looking out the window and there's like electricity and telephones and buildings and like cars and vehicles it's like humans came up with all that that's this amazing capacity we have and it keeps us stuck in the whirling thoughts and the and the the um you know the rabbit hole wormholes and all that kind of thing and so for me underpinning mindset work with actually listening to the body too because thinking mindset is all up here it's all above the neck isn't it and actually we are this body that we're moving around we because all of our senses apart from touch are in our head you know sight sound taste smell everything is in the head so it feels like we are a head yeah mainly in our body but actually we're right down in our toes we're right here in our fingertips most of the time we've been trained and conditioned in our culture particularly not to know that We've been trained to be too brain centric. Yeah, brain centric and um, medicine for many years now has been very much about kind of separating mind from body, hasn't it? And it's it's yeah. been like we'll treat the um, the the symptoms, we'll cause what's going on physically, but without really thinking about the mind and without thinking about the um, the physiology physiology and what's yeah. going on neurally and um, yeah that's I love that that's all coming together now and we're really starting to understand um well many of us have understood that for a long time but that medicine's really embracing that integrative approach as well and that's that's fantastic to see yeah perfect yeah absolutely. yeah getting there getting there with it getting there, getting there. cats are probably never going to rule the world if they only have three <laughs> percent <laughs> my cats rule my world they just like dominate everything in my world it's like everything we do is like based on my cat routine my cat <laughs> yeah they, they use that three percent really well don't they <laughs> <laughs> i was under the cat thumb <laughs> so what's led you to working with the people that you work with now um in particular what sorry i didn't know the beginning what's what drew me ah to, to working with the, yeah. yeah what's led you to working with your specific um clients that you tend to work with nowadays yeah so it's it's i've still got i've got quite a mix of clients really so my i originally was working um well i've always worked with people in some way or the other and then i trained as a play therapist about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and i was actually working with children in care so they were incredibly um mm-hmm. children and in that but then i had my own children and couldn't do that work and hold that as well. And then moved towards uh, working with adults. I was working with vulnerable adults for a long time. And my first client load really was, was still very much in that, um, in the sphere of people that whose mental health is really quite severe, that's really debilitating, who are not turning able to work, who are not able to have um, healthy relationships. And then as I've process, progressed through that, I now am doing a mix. I still have a couple of clients in that zone. Um, but I'm now particularly working with people like yourself so Mm -hmm. I see myself as like as a foundational person I'm somebody that holds and supports people that are out there you know doing brave and adventurous work Mm -hmm. working uh, with a couple of um, coach like high high high-end sort of coaches who hold containers 
where they're training other coaches and therapists and I support them around nervous system health and awareness for those coaches to then take out to their clients um, and so increasingly I'm in this zone of like how can I have the biggest impact mm. with my particular skill set and my particular knowledge and my particular passion how can I make that work to the greater to a greater degree which I'm sure many of us um feel that so I do a, a little bit of one-to-one still I do quite a lot of couples work which I love doing couples work um but more and more doing my own programs so I, I I'm about to start a new program actually um uh, around a, a month-long program called accompaniment which is around supporting people being alongside people because that's what we need as a human being is, is is that witnessing and empathy um and then working to support other people to be fully embodied in who they are, you know, in their own brilliance and genius and support them with well, what's going on in your body. So it's, it's a real mix. And I've just also done a record, written and recorded a programme for the NHS, which is around trauma. Very fantastic. Yeah, so that's that will be rolling out in, uh, I think it's in three trusts in the NHS, aimed at younger people, um, but really giving them this understanding of trauma from the perspective of the body and actually what's mm-hmm. going on in their nervous system. So that feels like a really exciting doorway that's opened is like, can we, you know, can we infiltrate, yeah. you know, get in in that more holistic view in the NHS, you know, so so I've got a real range of different sort of works going on because it it's obviously applicable to everybody because we're all bodies <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> absolutely I, I love that because so often um we're told and we feel like with business we have to kind of really limit it and channel it down to one very very niche thing and just only focus on one ideal client and all of that stuff and it's uh it's something I found in my own business that I, I love to um, embrace lots of lots of things and have that multi-passionate approach so I love that that's working really well for you and clearly super passionate about it as well yeah no, I absolutely, absolutely adore it and I think this is the this is the thing isn't it around finding if you can find the thing that really lights you up that you really that you're passionate about just do that thing whatever that is because yeah. that that's how we're going to that's regulation as well so I talk so my my work is around nervous system regulation mm. so when I'm talking about that that's the autonomic nervous system which is response is our command center it's responsible for all of the autonomic processes like breathing digestion heart rate blood pressure um healing all those kind of and also the survival responses so the fight flight freeze responses and that nervous system is looking the whole time for safety and connection so this 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 being here is looking for safety and connection with another being and that when we're in safety and connection and we're able to do the things that light us up that make us feel great and make us feel good then we're in regulation yeah. and sadly so few of us are in this culture you know a mixture of ten thousand years of humans being on the land creating societies coming up with lots of different weird rules that are very repressive suppressive abusive lots of wars lots of different crises lots of different ways of parenting that don't necessarily meet the needs of that for their young nervous system the result of that and then this high speed culture that we're currently in coming out of a pandemic all these different factors that we've got going out going on as a human being at this moment in time it can feel really difficult to get into a state where we feel good enough to be able to do the things that we're passionate about yeah yeah absolutely and when we're not doing things that we're passionate about and we're trying to um, force ourselves down a wrong pathway as you say that just kind of closes us down and sends us into that fight or flight place and then we we can't show up as 
with that energy and with that vitality and with the, the motivation and the focus that we need to get out there and, and sell our thing or share our thing or make it work basically so it's it's kind of putting the lid on being able to to do what you want isn't it so so important to to really kind of tune into what aligns with you and what you are super passionate about so that you can get out there and, and do it and it that's why it tends to follow isn't it <laughs> when you do tune into that passion it all starts to fall into place absolutely and 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 you know whatever you're passionate about it might be you know you might be passionate about people and love working in a cafe you know mm. when you go into like places shops and cafes where there's somebody who's just so lit up and the fact that they're serving you yeah you know that's as important as mm. as, as somebody that's earning like a million pounds and doing some business and perhaps is probably super stressed and about to have a heart attack as well <laughs> yes it's, it's about and i'm not saying you know at all everybody has a right to earn money and have money and, and there's abundance everywhere and we all should have it um but it's also about well what is really going to give you that sense of connection to yourself and wellness because mm-hmm. what goes on is if we're if we're operating in dysregulated states for long periods of time which many of us are yeah we're phenomenally able to put up with holding stress in our body and mainly because we think our way out of it you know we override our body and we keep going you know we can go all day without drinking or eating or going to the loo or you know looking after our temperature or or resting you know huge amounts of issues around rest um if we because we're phenomenally good at ignoring the fact that we're under pressure in our we're out of regulation in our nervous system over time that has wear and tear on the body and so it turns up then in physical ailments yeah so, you know, dysregulated nervous system, if you've been in the fight and flight zone a lot, so that's the sort of like annoyance, anxiety, panic, fear, worry, irritation, frustration, annoyance, criticism, those kind of feelings, that kind of swirling around. If you're in that kind of like, oh, my God, I've got to get it done, and it's all like really stressful. Oh. Being in that zone, obviously, for years and years and years, it's no surprise that heart disease, you know, strokes, migraines backache you know those kind of those sort of physical ailments are as a result of the dysregulated nervous system that's all that that's exactly what it is these diseases didn't exist in tribal times and if you've got issues with digestion or fibromyalgia chronic fatigue me those those in autoimmune systems that's a sign that you've been in some form of freeze in your nervous system because your body hasn't been able to do the, the digesting and healing that it's meant to do so all of these physical ailments we see diabetes as well actually all these physical ailments that we see appearing in our modern times are are massively to do with the fact that we're dysregulated Mm -hmm. and as a way of coping with dysregulation we then soothe ourselves through food and drink and and stimulants and screen and shopping and all those kind of things which is also part of the culture so I mean, I'm, I'm not at all a hair shirt and saying, you know, don't have a drink and don't don't enjoy your food and don't don't enjoy Netflix and all those kind of things. Absolutely. It's one of the joys of being a modern human, isn't it? Having access to all those different things. But understanding when you're using those things for enjoyment and when you're using them to soothe and to distract and to to keep yourself sedated, medicated, there's a difference in those two ways. And my work really is about supporting people to realise. Yeah, that's totally the key isn't it is this am I doing this because this really feels joyful or is this just like it's giving me that dopamine hit it's making me feel good in this present moment and switching off all the other stuff that I need to be dealing with and like speaking from from my experience in my previous um role in my previous business 
uh, I was totally in that place of just like constantly being on the go, constantly fighting fires, um, managing all the things, juggling all the things, trying to live this massively fulfilling life as well at the time because I had this like life is short I need to make the most of it narrative in my head so I was jamming my leisure time with stuff that was great fun but I was never stopping and um yeah it was kind of the the case that I was totally not noticing it was going on I wasn't aware there was any anxiety there because I was coping I was fine you know but what was happening was regularly I was getting these kind of weird viral things going on like my throat my head and itchy eyes and and just feeling quite exhausted and drained and the GP couldn't find anything going on and this kept showing up quite regularly and now looking back on it I realized that was fatigue it was my nervous system going help stop you know (laughs) absolutely the body will tell us and it what what the interesting relationship many of us have with our body as well is like those sort of phrases like we see ourselves as separate from my body so like my body's really letting me down or my body's hurting me or my body's you know not big you know not feeling enough not big whatever you know we really have learned in our culture to separate ourselves out from our body because that's the only way we can cope with not you know the fact that there's so much going on that we can't we're not listening to you know and what you you're, what you described there is that that perfect description of the modern burnout mm-hmm. literally it's a system burning out isn't it and what I hear there in your own story, and it's a really familiar one, and I have have it too in my past, is that lack of rest. So fundamentally in the nervous system, there's two zones. There's two systems in the nervous system. There's the what's called the sympathetic, which is like our accelerator, our go, 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 our action and purpose. It's the part that energizes it. And it's mainly in the torso. This is kind of a, the, the, the sympathetic system is sits, sits mainly in the in the torso, going a little bit into the throat and the mouth. And then we have the parasympathetic, which is the break. And that's the slowdown. And that's the that's the that's where we need to rest and that's where we heal and we digest. And our modern world encourages us to be mainly in the sympathetic, mm. which is actually where we are most of the time in the daytime. We're supposed to do these cycles. We're naturally designed to do these cycles of about 90 minutes in the daytime. Yeah. So there's sort of 75 minutes of, of, of active sympathetic and then a 15-minute rest in the parasympathetic. And most of us at the top of that 75 minutes take in some caffeine or sugar or screen. <laughs> Yeah. and then so we keep ourselves you know it's just like keep going keep I've got to walk whatever you're next keep going keep going and so we just get and over time that in that literally I mean I'm can feel the energy of it now it's that kind of frenetic yeah burn. and it's, it, it's as simple as you know bringing into your day how can you just bring in five ten minutes of rest every day that and that doesn't mean going to bed no no that's having a break from the screen that's um going for a walk that's looking out the window at some birds in the trees that's having a chat with somebody you know uh pausing for a drink and away from the busy yeah. and, that, and, and we haven't been trained to do that because you think about how schools are set up and how workplaces are set up we're not trained to take breaks no it's just I'll, I'll do that quick thing now I'll get that that thing well I'm eating my sandwich I'll also like be you know on the phone here and doing an email and and do whatever. Oh. There's just, like you say, that constant drip feed of, of stuff, isn't there? And even often it feels quite positive and we feel like we're being really proactive and we're like being connected and responding to all the things and we're living a good life, but we're just not switching off from thinking, which is is the key thing, isn't it? It's just that, that time out to let your brain freewheel and just get into that meditative state. Yeah, absolutely and this is the this is the, the thing that our, our thinking is connected to our body's state so if our body's in this frenetic yeah 
and the thinking thoughts will be running a million miles in a minute and then we'll look for things we're feeling unsafe and stressed in our body so our brain will go oh what's going on okay we'll look for a problem oh you know I've got this going on I've got this going on when actually a lot of the time those things aren't really that much of a threat but we get caught in them because our bodies our brain is trying to make sense of our body being under threat yeah yeah and did you say we did uh we did a little live session as part of a coaching program that I'm uh currently in earlier didn't we and did you say 94 percent of ailments and physical conditions are basically down to being in stress all the time yeah yeah, yeah. it's astonishing yeah. it was um I've, I've yeah I heard it in a podcast and it's from an American Medical Society report and wow that's come out recently that they're saying 94 percent of all illnesses physical and mental mm. are being in what they're calling the hypersympathetic state so sympathetic is that zone of doing and it's also the zone of fight and flight and it's essentially not coming out of that state yeah uh, and i mean i would argue that there's, there's also dropping down into the freeze hyposympathetic which is like down in the kind of you know oh overwhelm exhaustion numbness etc and people tend to move in and out of those two zones because it's incredibly it uses so much energy to be in the sympathetic state and i, I it just blows my mind when i think about that but it makes so much sense yeah yeah. So much of our illnesses are modern illnesses. So where have they just come from? I and mean, yes, we have toxins, and yes, we have pollutions, and yes, we don't eat, and we overeat, and we, you know, undereat, and all those different things. But nevertheless, this is to do with systems that are dysregulated, yeah. and that don't feel safe, and that are operating at this high level. So, um, yeah, the more I've allowed that to come in, it's just like, wow, if we, could, if people just were empowered about understanding what's going on in their body and understand the physiology they could then start with support you know because it's not easy to change these these are patterns that are deeply ingrained uh-huh. these are patterns that have given us a sense of stability as well yeah. um so it's not you can't, it's not just a case of like oh well, no no about it you know if that was the case you know, <laughs> i still have to work on a daily basis with mm. my body yeah having that awareness yeah having that awareness because my patterning my my learned you know sort of regulation patterns which aren't healthy will always take me down that route because it's really quick yeah. the brain likes safety and efficiency it doesn't really care about your quality of life the brain just wants to get you to the end of the day alive yeah. in the quickest way possible <laughs> you know and if there's been a way that you've done for years and years and years and you're still living at the end of it and maybe you know reproducing other little abbeys and joes then yeah. you know and that's that's it job done you know and it's it's only this kind of part of this soul part this this sense of like hey there's something more to life than this that brings this kind of can't live like this anymore yeah 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 and our brains hate change as well don't they so to to override those long-term habits even if we can see that there's a positive outcome on the other side of it that's that's why people go on smoking for years that's why people stay in really bad habits that they they know are terrible for them but it just we're so attached to those things that feel comfortable and safe and we just don't want to go to the place where it feels different it's really helpful for for when i work with clients to understand this word stabilization so our nervous system our bodies mm-hmm. are looking to be stable as much as possible because that means survival and so we learn really early on how to do that Mm. and we adapt to the environment so when we're little we can't regulate our emotions and bodies fully until we're six Mm. and we only can do that effectively if we've received good enough 
regulation and care. So when we're born, our brain, our prefrontal cortex is completely offline. It's ready to be, you know, formed. And our bodies, you know, we can just about do breathing okay, but we can't digest properly yet. We can't control our bladders and bowels. We can't, we certainly can't regulate our emotions, can't regulate temperature and stuff. And we learn that through how we're interacted with, with the caregiver. And so the body the whole time is looking to how do I become stable? Yeah. So we use the caregiver to, to create that stabilization initially. So whatever, however we're treated, whatever messages we receive in that environment, whatever goes on for us in that environment, it basically sets up our body up to, to stabilize in that way in the future. And what often then goes on for us, habits, bad habits, are part of our stabilization. Mm-hmm. It's part of how our body's gone. Oh, I can, st- I can go into soothing and ease by having some sugar. Mm-hmm. I can find, um, su- you know, I can suppress this anxiety by smoking and that helps my body feel stabilized. Mm-hmm. And then this leads us into this kind of horrible, weird, like dynamic where we're, where we're unconsciously looking for things that are going to take us towards pain yeah. and just have the soothing on the other side of it. Because we've coupled the, the soothing with the, the challenge, which is what we might have experienced when we were younger. And then we keep taking ourselves towards the same things and the same things and getting a bit more re-traumatized and, you know, consolidated. and Giving ourselves a hard time for it. It's huge to go. This is our unconscious realm is 97% of the nervous system. Mm. And because it has to be unconscious, because we wouldn't be able to think about breathing and heart rate and digesting and healing and all those things. Mm. So it's this huge, like I, I did this metaphor of like a massive steamer. So we're in this like huge, the, the unconscious part of the nervous system is this huge steamer, like mm. chugging away, you know, like full steam ahead. And then we're in this tiny pedalo that's next to it in the conscious realm trying to like move it off course (laughs) and we're not we can't do it you know it's like unless we start to go oh how can I actually slow and it's a slow process if you've got very deep patterning as well so you know in in this analogy of a steamer it's like okay well how can I slowly start to change course what practices can I bring in that can help me just slowly move the ship you know and then nudge it a little bit with the pedalo you know and then bring in things like mindset as well so And of course, we all want that that instant result, don't we? We want the, the overnight change. But you, you're so right to rewire those neural pathways and things that we've been doing for years and years. Um, I always say it's like a, a six lane highway we've created in our brain to that unhelpful habit or behaviour. And you've got cars and lorries and things steaming down there all the time. And it's a really well-worn path. And that new thing you're trying to do is this tiny, fragile little nerve cells all on its own and that's that's got no support it's like the first time you walk through the grassy field you know <laughs> compared to the steaming motorway um yeah. and to to build that new pathway up to be as strong or stronger than the old one and to start to neglect that old pathway enough to let that fade into the weeds it takes time um so we have to kind of yeah recognize that sometimes it will take several goes at this thing and it's an ongoing process and it's okay to fall off the wagon a bit and get back on it and just keep moving in that right direction and and that's I think a really valuable uh thing that we don't always consider when we're trying to change Um, so and this is where um so from a relational neuroscience point of view this is where self-compassion is deeply important Mm. and finding good people to accompany you 
denied people like you and I because what humans need all mammals need another regulated nervous system to help them regulate mm-hmm. that's what we're seeking the whole time and humans because we've got this huge prefrontal cortex we need it more than other mammals okay. so, so what we're like you and I are doing some lovely what's called co-regulation right now because we're we're connected we're smiling at one another you know we're, we're I feel very at ease with you so I feel really connected so so between us we're sending messages reciprocal messages to our right hemispheres of like I'm safe it's okay and we're actually allowing each other to regulate which is what we're designed to do and so often in our culture particularly if things happened to us when we were little and we didn't get a chance to be witnessed or we didn't get a chance to speak we've learned you know be strong be on your own be independent you know all these kind of messages that we've learned depending on your gender and age etc etc they don't encourage connection to other people when we're feeling sad low vulnerable they don't encourage because it's like, you know, you can't show weakness, you can't be vulnerable, you can't, whatever. And actually what we really need, what we needed at the original time of when um, we were missed or scared or frightened is we need when anybody and particularly little ones are scared or frightened or angry or in grief, they need another system, another being to be empathic with them and go, I see you, I hear you, I get you. And that allows that that particular reaction to move through the system and be released. The challenge all of us have is that we're carrying lots of stuck survival moments in our body. That's what trauma is. Trauma isn't the event, even if it was really distressing. Um, Trauma is the stuck response to that that wasn't supported with a a kind empathic witness, physical releasing of the of the the reaction and so this um finding a good therapist a good coach a good a good friend a good partner that can hear you and see you and hold you through your when these things are really challenging is really vitally important for your nervous system and then working to find self-compassion just isn't a nice thing to do it is a lovely thing to do to say i love myself it actually activates the right hemisphere and when we activate the right hemisphere we can process so instead of going you idiot you've done that stupid thing again if we can find compassion for that, oh, wow, well, of course you've done that thing again because you've done it for 40 odd years. Mm-hmm. And this is an easy path. So developing that, and that's a big part of the way I work with a lot of clients, is let's find that self-compassionate voice first, that nurturing parent, that cheerleader coach voice, because that's the part of your brain that you need to be activated. This isn't just an imaginary figure in your head. This is really going on in your brain. Yeah. And when you're in that place, you can then move into healing. Because if we're in the critical idiot sort of zone, mm. that's the sh- that's the left hemisphere, black, white. There's no choice. There's no options. You know. So yeah, it's it's um it's rich, deep work, and we need to do it together. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's been so lovely to just like chat and, and have a good geek out about, about all yes, this stuff. <laughs> my pet subjects I could talk about it all day <laughs> yeah, you need to shut me up now <laughs> no, it's wonderful um so just to kind of wrap up I guess what's um if you if you were to think back on your own business journey and this is like something I ask everybody who comes on the podcast what what would you do differently if you could do it all again, just a complete curveball there from what we've been talking about. <laughs> Fascinating, really, isn't it? Because because it, as I reflect back, everything's brought me to this moment, and uh, this is this moment's perfect in that in that way. Um, I think I would have probably because I only started working with a business coach last year. 
Mm -hmm. So I'm 51 mm -hmm. and I've been working in the therapeutic field for a long, long time. And I have a lot of skills and a lot of training and a lot of passion. And, and I've been very hampered by my own limiting beliefs around money, about who's allowed to earn money, who's allowed to run a business. You know, I come from a, um, you know, a, a background that's got lots of stories around what money means and, and not good, not good stories around what money means. Yeah. And so, and for years and years and years, I've been in this zone of like doing good by helping people. And, and there's been a, um, a, a money block for me around doing good means you can't earn money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I now actually see, so this last year has been a huge, I've actually you know, working with a business coach and, and, and understanding my own blocks in that way and where they come from. And they're deeply ancestral, these. Yeah. these. These have been passed down over generations and generations. So it's like really understandable. This is the genetic, epigenetics, you know, passed down trauma. So I would have loved to have done this work 20 years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> that kind of like understanding of, oh my God, I'm not that belief. You know, I can actually, and actually with more money, think of the impact. Totally, yeah. Yeah, that can coexist. Exactly, and, and this, that money can open my, you know, obviously it will give me, give me nice things and allow for my children and stuff like that. But fundamentally, if the more money I have, the more I can put that into it, like spreading, the, you know, instead of working with one-to-ones only and yeah. just making a living. I could be, you know, I've got all sorts of plans about setting up a charity that would do low-income therapy as well as. So it's, and that's good to say that out loud. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, early, I would have loved to have done more mindset work around the money beliefs. And I think that for most of us in this culture, we carry deep stories and trauma around money. Yeah. What that means. And it gets in the way of us doing what we're passionate about. Yeah. A lot of us think that we can, we can only do the things that we're passionate about in our spare time. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And that could be the first thing that goes when we're stressed. Yeah. So actually if we can find a way to 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 bring our passion into and get paid for it, yes, everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dream. It really is. Yeah. And I think uh a lot of people are a bit nervous of even going there with money mindset work because they're sort of seeing money as this like icky thing like I really want to do my business but I don't even want to think about the money side of it and and doing money mindset work is going to turn me into this greedy monster but it's it's totally not about that at all is it you know there we have exactly it's a really classic story isn't it you know this belief that and for, that all comes down to so just I know you we're, we're wrapping up here but if if you can do anyone listening remember we're designed to be in tribes yeah. All of our biology is designed to be in a tribe. And, and we take on the rules of our tribe, so the culture, because we need to understand those rules to keep safe. And so obviously when we were living as cave people, we needed you know this very survival, there were you know our survival depended on it. We don't need to live like that anymore, you know. So but we still carry in our physiology, the rules of our tribe. So getting to understand what the rules of your tribe are that no longer serve you is wonderful. And understanding why they're coupled to fear. Mm -hmm. so if you you know if you if you lived in a tribe where the rule was you need to tend, tend the fire all night long because the animals will kill us otherwise and you broke that you know it's disaster isn't it so you know if your current modern tribe is money is evil and people that have money are evil or bad mm -hmm. then you don't want to go towards that because that's going to feel like lack of survival in your system isn't it so yeah very powerful work to do
Yeah, you've just popped a lovely analogy into my head actually talking about tribes. It's like, <laughs> I'll just like, freewheel on this for a moment. But um, <laughs> thinking back to those tribal times, we're seeing money and possession of money is like, okay, I'm going to leave you all here and go and gather all the berries and then keep them for myself and just be really selfish with it. Um, whereas actually what, what you're saying and what what's most people really want to do is go and gather all the berries and then share them with their tribe isn't it but we're yeah. saying to ourselves I won't go and gather any berries at all because then everybody will think I'm really mean and evil lovely look I love this because that <laughs> was originated wouldn't it you know having more than other people would have meant that the others would have died yeah the truth you know and somehow we've we've projected and people have done horrific things with money let's face it oh you know, yeah without a doubt but it's not money doing that no you know, that's the, so so I, it was lovely when I really worked with this idea that money is neutral mm, it's yeah. energetic and we project onto it our own beliefs and until I brought until I brought consciousness into that uh, I had a whole load of beliefs around you know money which stopped me earning it yeah and and it's quite and and sitting here and I'm still you know I'm still learning this and I'm still uh, you know I'm earning well enough but it, it would be wonderful to be bringing in more money for me for all the different reasons we talked about and it's quite quite interesting going oh well I know how skilled I am and all the years of training and all that kind of thing and it doesn't compare with other people that that are doing things similarly who are out there earning millions or whatever and and that's all down to my self-belief stuff which is my physiology which is all connected to you know the whole thing so yeah thank you it's been so lovely really enjoyed chatting with you and yeah. i think our, uh, our listeners are going to find this really really fascinating and uh, lots and lots of nuggets to take away there so thank you for sharing so generously jay of course thank you i'd be lovely to chat to you too you are welcome see you soon